Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Let's pray. Lord, do now open our hearts, our minds, that we might uh, dwell on the Lord Jesus on the cross, paying for our sins in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, If you turn in your Bibles to the scripture, which is Genesis chapter 22, verse 13. Genesis 22, 13. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham looked, uh, Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son, in the stead of his son. You know, the Thursday before last, Don Ailes and I were, were working at the child evangelism booth at the Del Mar Fair, and I noticed there was this 14-year-old boy, a teenager, he just was walking back and forth in front of the booth and kind of looking in every time he would go back and forth to get a different angle, what was in there. And as I was watching him there, he reminded me of the time when our company went fishing. We we rented a fishing boat, and we were out for the day, and I was standing on the boat there, and everybody was catching fish except for me. And so I decided to look over the edge there and see what the problem was. And I was looking over there, and I saw there was a fish and he was looking at my hook and bait, and he was just swimming around looking at it. And so I thought, well, I'm not going to let this happen again. So, I, you know, I, this fellow reminded me of the fish. So, so I, I asked him, I said, hey, what's your name? You know, Dominique. Oh, come on in. It's, it's not going to hurt you. Come on in. So uh, he came in there, and, and, uh, and he sat on the chair on the, my far right, right against the wall. And, uh, and then... Uh, and so I put up the first picture there of the gold castle to, supposed to represent heaven. And I asked him, what is that, uh, what, what do you think that picture is supposed to represent? And he told me, uh, the city of Argos from Greek mythology. And I thought, okay, I've got one of these. And um, then I went through the pictures about creation. And at that point, a five-year-old girl came in with her parents, and, 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 and she and they sat on the chairs uh, to my left against that wall. So there was nobody sitting in the middle. There was just Dominique on my right and Leanne and her parents sitting on the left on the far wall. And so I thought, well, okay, I've got to speak to Dominique on my, on, uh, on my right, my far right, and then I've got to speak to five-year-old Leanne, uh, Leanna on, 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 my, on my far left. And so that was her name, Leanna. And so I asked Dominique, I said, you don't mind if we start over again, do you? And you know, no, okay. So then we went back and, and, uh, and, and I, I showed the, pic, the, the, the first picture and, 
And uh, that didn't remind her of Argos, so she, she said, heaven. And, and then, and then I, I came to Romans 3.23, and I said, for all of sin, and, and I asked each one of them, have you ever lied? And, and both of them acknowledged they had lied. Okay, we're on the right road. And then, then I came to the picture of the Lord on the cross, and, and I turned to Dominique, and I asked him, I said, what's he doing there? What's he doing there? And Dominique says, I really don't know. And so then I turned to five-year-old Leanna, and I asked her, what's the Lord doing there? What's the Lord doing there on the cross? I was expecting Leanna to say something like, he's, he's dying for our sins, or he's being crucified. But with a loud voice, she announces, he's taking our place. Oh, <laughs> when, when Leanna said that, I wanted to say, okay, the lesson's over. <laughs> I have to go think about this. He's taking our place. And then I turned to Dominique, and I asked him, I said, uh, Dominique, uh, why is he taking our place? Why is he taking our place? And, and, and Dominique uh, responded, and he said, I have no idea. Well, then I turned to our resident theologian, <laughs> Leanna, and, and I asked her, why was the Lord taking our place? And she responded, to protect us. She said, to protect us. I said, okay, that's it. I thought, I really do want to stop now because I've got just two great thoughts to think about. He's taking our place to protect us. And then when it came time to pray, the sinner's prayer to to receive the Lord, I asked Dominique, I said, if he wanted to receive the Lord's gift of taking our place to protect us, and Dominique clearly said no. And then I turned to Leanna, and I asked her if she wanted to receive the Lord. And she said, yes. And, and then I said to them both, I said, oh, I said, I didn't realize, but just at this moment, this booth has been transformed into a clear illustration of the world where there's the one side, which is the no side. That's the, the side that says no to receiving God's gift of salvation. And then there's the other side, which is the yes side. That's the yes side to receiving God's gifts of salvation. And I said, and look at this booth. There's nobody in these seats in the middle because there's nobody in the middle. There's nobody in the middle of this booth because it represents that nobody in the world is, 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 is neither on the yes or the no side. Just like the Lord, when he was crucified, there was a thief on the one side of the Lord who was on the no side, who said, who said in Luke 23, 39, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us, mocking him. And he was on the no side. And then there was another thief, and he was on the yes side, and, and he rebuked the other one and said, Dost not thou fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing amiss. And then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom and Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. That thief was on the yes side of the Lord, and, 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 there, and there were only two thieves. There were only two thieves. No one else. No one else. Then I explained to, to Dominique, I said, You know what God loves? He loves those who cross over from the no side to the yes side. And you can do that. And then so Leanna then followed me in the sinner's prayer. I was sure that she had prayed that before to receive the Lord, but she did it again with such an earnestness, just like uh, 
last Thursday night, a nine-year-old boy, another nine-year-old boy came into the booth last Thursday night, and after praying the sinner's prayer, he gets up and he says, well, that makes the ninth time I've done that. <laughs> but that's okay. It's wonderful. Receive them a thousand times. And then Dominique said, at the end of that, Dominique said, I have just one question. And I said, what's that? And Dominique says, how do you know that all this is really true? He says, how do you know that all this is really true? Before I could answer, the resident theologian, Leanna said, because the Bible says it's true. Let's consider just the depth of what Leanna said when she said about the Lord on the cross, he's taking our place to protect us. The best illustration that we have of the Lord taking our place on the cross is the account we just read about Abraham sacrificing Isaac in Genesis 22, where Abraham was asked by God to sacrifice his son, his only son, his son Isaac, whom he loved, in the land of Moriah, about three days' walk away from where Abraham was. So Abraham got up that morning, and he cut the wood for the sacrifice. He took the fire, and he started off with Isaac and his servants. And on the way up the hill where Isaac was going to be sacrificed, Isaac turned to his father and told him, here's the wood, here's the fire, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And then Abraham told Isaac that God would provide a lamb. And at that moment, Isaac knew he was the sacrifice. He was the one that was going to be sacrificed. And then it says they both of them went together. They were in full agreement. They went both of them up the mountain and where Abraham then built the altar, arranged the wood to burn Isaac up after he killed him. And, and, and then Abraham tied the hands of Isaac, put him on the altar, raised the knife to kill Isaac, and God spoke from behind Abraham and told him, don't do harm to Isaac. Don't do harm. And then Abraham turned around and saw a ram with his horn caught, caught in a bush there, and Abraham removed the ram. And that's our verse that we read this morning. Abraham lifted up his eyes in Genesis 22, 13, 22, 13. Abraham lifted up his eyes, looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. Abraham went, took the ram, offered him up for a burnt offering, and then these words, in the stead of his son, in the stead of his son. That's the first time in Scripture that that word, that statement, in the stead of, is ever used. And just now, imagine Isaac as he's looking at that ram and he's watching as the, as, as the ram was, 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 was now, the, the same ropes that tied him were now used to tie up the ram. And, and, and Isaac was thinking to himself as he's looking at that, those were my ropes. Those were my ropes that tied up that ram. And then imagine Isaac watching as the knife again was lifted up in the air, just as he saw it lifted up and the sun glimmering off of the, uh, off of the blade and Isaac's thinking, that knife was the knife was to kill me. That knife was supposed to kill me. And then imagine Isaac watching as now there's no voice. There's no voice from behind calling to Abraham to stop. Don't, don't kill the ram. Don't do the, the animal any harm. No voice. And then Isaac now sees the knife plunge into the ram. And the blood flows out of the ram, flowing over the altar, and Isaac is thinking, that should have been my blood. That red blood should have been my blood. 
flying flowing over the altar. And then imagine as Isaac watches the wood get caught on fire and the ram gets totally burned up and reduced to a pile of ashes. And Isaac is thinking, that would have, should have, it should have burned me up. I should have been reduced to the pile of ashes there. And as Isaac walks down from the hill of Mount Moriah, just imagine as Isaac was thinking, that ram took my place. That ram took my place. And that's what the Lord did for us. That's what Leanna was saying. He took our place. And when we sing, lead me to Calvary, and we try to put ourselves at the foot of the cross before communion this morning, we need to be just like Isaac and look at the Lord on the cross and see the cross and think like Isaac thought, that was my cross. That was my cross. I should have been on that cross because of my sins. And see those nails that were driven into his hands and his feet of the Lord Jesus. And like Isaac, think, those were my nails. Those should have been driven into my hands, into my feet. And see the crown of thorns that pierced his brow of the Lord Jesus. And think, like Isaac, that was my crown of thorns. They should have been piercing my brow. And with all these thoughts in our minds, then we can say, and we can say similar about the Lord in Genesis twenty-two thirteen, the Lord was offered up in the stead of me, in the stead of me. He took my place on the cross. And just as it was with Isaac and the ram, where when Isaac was about to be sacrificed and the Lord spoke and said to Abraham, no, no, Abraham, do no harm to, to the lad. Do no harm to Isaac. The same for us. When we should have died in our sins, when we should have been cast into hell, God speaks and says, no, I'm not willing that he should perish. Or as Wesley's hymn puts it, arise my soul, arise, puts it so beautifully when, he, when Wesley wrote in his hymn, five bleeding wounds he bears, received on Calvary. They pour effectual prayers. They strongly plead for me. Forgive him, oh, forgive, they cry. Forgive him, oh, forgive, they cry. Nor let that ransom sinner die. God speaks, and he stops our judgment. He stops the judgment that we deserve, and he says, stop. Don't let that ransom sinner die. And then when the Lord went to the cross, just as it was with the, with the ram, there was no voice. There was no voice from heaven saying, stop. The judgment fell on the Lord, as it says in Isaiah 53.10. Isaiah 53.10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief, so that when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. And the hymn says, Jehovah lifted up his rod. O Christ, it fell on thee. As Leanna said, he took our place. And why did he take our place? Why did he take our place on the cross? As Leanna said, to protect us, to protect us. His heart of love wanted to protect us, to protect us. He became a shield. He became our shield. That's what he told Abraham. 
In Genesis 15.1, Genesis 15.1, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield. God said to Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. You know, after a battle, after a battle, you look at the shield and you can imagine a warrior looking at it and say, man, that should have been me. Look at how that shield is all dented up. It's received all those blows, the swords and the arrows and the, and the person. I was the person standing behind the shield and protected while the shield took all the beating. And now I look at the shield and I thought, whoa, that was a big battle. After a battle, a warrior can look at his shield and see just how fierce that conflict was and look in amazement and, and look at what the shield took in order to protect him. The shield protects. And the Lord, the Lord said to Abraham, I am thy shield. So what the Lord was telling Abraham was just like a shield, I will take all the beatings and the blows to protect you. And as your shield, Abraham, I will take all of that. And that's what happened to the Lord. He took all the beatings. He took all the blows to protect us from those beatings and blows. And to protect us as a shield, the Lord looked terrible, like the shield after war. He looked terrible after all those beatings, as it's recorded of him in Isaiah 50, verse 6, Isaiah 50, verse 6, where he said, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. As a shield, as a shield that protected us, the Lord's back was lacerated, and, and the hairs of his, of his cheeks were pulled out. And it says in Isaiah 52, 14, Isaiah 52, 14, as many as were astonished at the, his visage was his face. His visage or face was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. As a shield that protected us, his face was bashed in, beaten, more than any other man. As a shield that protected us, his form was turned into a bloody pulp. And all of Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22 are descriptions of what the Lord endured as a shield to protect us. And when we read these descriptions about how the Lord was beaten in the New Testament, those are all descriptions of what the Lord endured, of what the shield, the Lord is our shield, endured in order to protect us. When it says in Matthew 26, 67, Matthew 26, 67, then did they spit in his face and buffeted him and others smote him with the palms of their hands. And then it goes on in, in Matthew 27, 26, Matthew 27, 26. Then released he Barabbas unto them and when he had scourged Jesus, ripped the skin off his body with those whips that with the cat. Nine tails. They scourged him. Then he delivered him to be crucified. And the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And they had plated a crown of thorns. They put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. 
And they did spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head after the crown of thorns was on his head. They hit the crown of thorns, which drove those thorns deeper into his head. And after they had mocked him and took the robe off of him and put his own raiment on him, they led him away to crucify him. What's he doing there? Protecting us. As our shield, he endured all that in order to protect us. And what was the Lord protecting us from? Hebrews 10.31, Hebrews 10.31. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. He was protecting us from falling into the hands of the living God and being judged for our sins and receiving what we deserved. In mercy, we did not receive what we reserved. In grace, we received what we did not deserve, heaven. In mercy, we did not receive what we deserved, hell. And then in Matthew 22, 13, 22, 13, then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away. Cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He protected us from being cast into a lake of fire to a place of pain, suffering, crying, anxiety, or anguish for all eternity where the fire is not quenched, where the worm does not die. So let's use little five-year-old Leanna's words and dedicate this communion to the Lord who on the cross took our place to protect us. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for taking our place to protect us. Help us, Lord, that, that uh, what you did would lodge deeply into our hearts now in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Do you have fatigue or trouble getting out of bed or just getting through the day? 
Are you so tired you can't focus? Do you feel like your life is drained away? Do you have fibromyalgia headaches? I have good news for you. Our doctors at Scantibodies Imaging and Therapy can give you cellular ozone therapy. Why not get your energy back now by calling us at 1-888-529-9016 or visit us at treatmyfatigue.com.